This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we begin this podcast and the intro kicks in and we start talking about football, I'd just like to address something that's a little serious. And this isn't shtick. And I know I like to keep it lighthearted and fun on this podcast, but I'd just like to mention something up top. And most of you may have seen, some of you have no clue what I'm talking about, but that doesn't matter. Somebody close to us who writes with us over at Bolts from the Blue made something public and they ended up deleting that statement, but I'm not going to get into the details of it. One part I'd like to focus on is the person had talked about how they were struggling and they're going to go work on themselves. And I think when somebody says that they're going to go work on themselves I think it's a brave thing to do, and I think it's a noble thing to do, because I think your mental health is key, I think working on yourself is a good thing. I know we're all fans of football, where guys go out violently trying to hurt each other, sacrificing their bodies, and there's this kind of machismo attitude, this alpha male behavior, and I understand that, and I know even as men... Even women in society, you have to be strong, put on airs, but when it comes to mental health, getting help doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you've given up. It's more a sign of strength that you're trying to work on yourself. And it's all affected us. You know, just this week, it's somebody that writes for the site. You know, soon it's somebody you see on the news, or it's somebody close to you. And I know we've all been affected by something, whether it's cognitive or behavioral or emotional. It's all about improving your well-being. And personally, my wife has worked in the mental health field, at least has, 
for a long time. And I've heard stories and she's worked to help improve people's relationships and their physical health and their mental health and just helping people improve their daily life. And I know there's a scale of people who have mental illness, but when they said they wanted to work on themselves, I just thought maybe other people should know that they can work on themselves. I'm not using this platform to grandstand just because I have a microphone in front of me, plant my flag, or even you know get up on my soapbox. This is just an impromptu thing that came to me because it you know it affected me, and this is all coming out of me because I was inspired to do so, not because I had some plan to do it, and it's probably not coming out as eloquent as I'd like it to, but I think the message is important, and maybe it reaches somebody. I'm not blind to think that I can reach the world through this podcast, but hey, maybe it helps you or someone around you, or it doesn't help right away or it helps somebody later. There is a lot of things that everybody can improve about themselves. I know everybody carries their own baggage, have to deal with their own demons, and I'm sympathetic to that fact because I've been around it. I've even donated my time to it. And I just wanted to say, if you wanted to get help or needed to seek help because you're not feeling right or even just wanting to improve yourself, become a better you, you should do it. Mental health is important. There are ways to improve yourself and working on yourself is a good thing. So if you need it, don't be afraid to do it. Yeah! Woo! Heck yeah, baby! Rivers gives to Strolls, angling left. Has room. 15, 10, 5. Jackpot! He got it! He got it! He got it! The play should have been ruled a fumble. Ha <laughs> ha Touchdown, Antonio Gates! 112 career touchdown catches. That's the most by an NFL tight end all time. I would have hoped that if people would have figured it out, I'd just like to play football. This is Score More with Garrett Sister. Let's go! We are back. Score More podcast. I am here. And I'm going to admit right off the top that this is going to be a short podcast. I'm not feeling that great, but I'm here to give you another podcast, and I will give it to you. Today we're talking about five trades the Chargers could make because the trade deadline's coming up. We've seen a lot of guys go from different teams. The NFL is getting a little bit more trade happy, which is a good sign and a lot of fun for me and for fans. It's Trades are fun. So let's go through a couple hypotheticals. I'll give you five. Been six and all my predictions this year, guys. Six and oh, well, seven this week because I ain't losing on a bye week. See, last week I said the Chargers are going to be six and two going in the bye. They can't lose during the bye, right? Might as well give them a win. So we'll talk about five trades. I don't have anything else to talk about. And again, this is probably going to be pretty quick. So let's talk about some trades. And before we do, let me just get into how I approach this whole thing. So when looking at trades, I wanted to go as realistic as possible. Uh, I went kind of big for my last one, and we'll get to it, and I'll give you a reason why, but I went into players that were in the realm of possibility. I didn't go for high-end players that you know won't be traded. I didn't go with teams that had contenders that couldn't part ways with big players. 
I took into consideration contracts. So when we go over these guys the Chargers pick up, they could make room to get all these players. I didn't mention each player the Chargers have to cut to get there. We're going over five hypotheticals. Also with these numbers, the Chargers have $2.5 million left of cap space, so there aren't a lot of players who can fit in. But if you do some moves and trade a certain player, maybe make a cut or two, you can make room for it. So keep that in mind. I know they're all going to be higher than what the Chargers projected cap is for this year, but it is possible if they can get a certain somebody off the books, and we'll talk about it. So you're not going to see a ton of marquee players. You're going to see a lot of fringe guys and players that are from struggling teams. Now, you saw the Giants Raiders had a giant fire sale this week, and we're basically going for a rebuild. And I think a lot more teams will end up doing that, and some teams that have some restrictions on the cap going into 2019 will probably need to make a deal too. So I think it's unrealistic to go and look for a team that's in the playoff hunt and then take away one of their best players, or at least try to trade for them. This isn't Madden. I try to go realistic. And then I went with the biggest positions of need, which I think would upgrade this team on defense and on offense. So let's go ahead and get into it. So the first one is an obvious trade, and it's not a player coming onto the Chargers. It's a player leaving the Chargers, and it's trading Travis Benjamin. Again, it's obvious, but it has to be the Chargers' biggest priority. This offseason, the Chargers can cut Travis Benjamin, and they probably will. So you might as well get a draft pick for him. Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, both shown that they deserve those wide receiver spots behind Keenan Allen. They've both been playing very, very good, especially Tyrell Williams the last two weeks. Benjamin is no longer the punt returner. Des King has ran away with return duties. And some team will probably covet Travis Benjamin's world-class speed. Maybe they even want him as a returner. Who knows? But you can't teach speed, and every team wants to get faster. So I know that while watching Travis Benjamin, you're thinking, how could a team want Travis Benjamin? Every team wants to get faster. Every team wants speed. Look at Ted Ginn. He's been on multiple different teams, and that guy can't catch. But he's fast. Marquise Goodwin isn't even a football player. He's a track star even though he's been playing good. That's not a great example. But still, he's not even really a football player. He's a track star. Teams want fast players. Look at Tyreek Hill. He is a game wrecker. He is a game changer, and he can't teach speed. So, trading Travis Benjamin is a priority. Let's talk about some of these teams and some of these potential trade teams because I think Tom Telesco has got to get on the phone with some of these guys and start making some calls. The first one is the Eagles. They're obviously in the market for a wide receiver. They were rumored to have offered the Raiders a second-round pick for Amari Cooper. They were outbid by the Cowboys, who offered him a first. That's an obvious choice. They've made it known that they're in the market for a wide receiver. If they're still in the market, falling back on Travis Benjamin might be a nice consolation prize. Next team is the Saints. They were also in on Amari Cooper. They checked in with the Raiders about Cooper. And Ted Ginn's on IR. So they could possibly use another speedy wide receiver on the outside across from Michael Thomas. Now the Bills need all the wide receiver help they can get. Sean McDermott has been trigger happy in the past. This is an obvious lost season for the Bills. And they have a bunch of possession receivers like Calvin Benjamin. They could definitely use some speed on the outside. The Packers are another team I'd check in on. Their receiving core has been a letdown this year. And you don't really hear about them making a ton of trades because they like to build from within, but... 
They could definitely use some wide receiver help. Maybe a check-in to see if Green Bay's open to the idea. And then, though these teams aren't really in the buyer's market because they're either in the middle of the rebuild or they're about to start a rebuild, but the Colts and 49ers make some sense too. They need some help. Travis Benjamin could help upgrade those receiving cores in Indianapolis and San Francisco as well. So in terms of a price, I think asking for anything more than a fifth is a dream. I think the best pick you're going to get out of Travis Benjamin is a fifth-round pick. And at that point, I would make that deal as fast as you can if you get offered a fifth. But anywhere from a fifth to a seventh, why not unload Travis Benjamin? Because you're probably going to unload him in the offseason. So call some of those teams, get Travis Benjamin off the Chargers roster. You've already got your starting three wide receivers, Tyra Williams, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. They've been playing great so far this year. And hopefully the Chargers will pull the trigger before the trade deadline. So that's the only Charger player I think is worth anything in a trade. And the Chargers should definitely do it. And to be honest, as we go forward with these other players, it will be instrumental that the Chargers trade Travis Benjamin because they don't have much room in the cap, like I mentioned earlier. So freeing up that $7 million from Travis Benjamin is key to getting these guys. So it all hinges on trading Travis Benjamin in these hypothetical situations. So now let's talk about some guys that aren't on the Chargers roster that the Chargers can make a trade for. So the first guy is the guy you'll probably recognize. I've mentioned him before. I was even asked earlier on the Lightning Round podcast about possible trade candidates, and I brought up his name, and that's free safety Jerron Harmon from the New England Patriots. Now, Harmon's always been a rotational safety with the Patriots behind Patrick Chun and Devin McCourty. The past do a lot of shuffling with their DBs. Harmon is on the field somewhere between 50 or 60% of the time any given Sunday, but he is an under-the-radar, rangy free safety and Harmon is actually pretty good in the run game, too. I wrote an article for Bolts from the Blue during free agency when Deron Harmon was a free agent and thought this was a guy the Chargers should go after. And while watching him, it always seemed like he came up big when the Patriots needed him. New England also sends Harmon as an extra blitzer as well, and he's very good at it. So, another added blitzing DB. And obviously, the Chargers need help on the back end. Harmon is in the second year of his four-year deal. Bill Belichick and the Patriots have no problem trading their guys, so I don't think any deal is off the table unless the guy is Tom Brady. So Harmon has an option in his contract next year, which is worth two years, $9.5 million. That's an easy option for the Chargers to pick up, or you can use it as a negotiating tool in the offseason. In terms of a trade, I think a conditional fifth-round pick is probably as high as I'd go for Deron Harmon. He's an instant upgrade, makes the Chargers defense better, and fixes your biggest problem, which is your free safety, until 2021. The downside, and why I wouldn't offer more than a fifth, or at least a conditional fifth, Harmon isn't a full-time starter. Playing 50 or 60% of the snaps, Harmon is very good. But also you can think of it as, maybe Deron Harmon gets 50 to 60% of the snaps with the Chargers too. Maybe he plays the deep safety role. Maybe the Chargers mix in some of these other DBs too, so maybe it's a perfect fit. But I don't think you can offer more than a fifth for a guy who isn't a full-time starter. So conditional fifth for Deron Harmon I think is more than fair. And Deron Harmon's a guy I would definitely consider trading for. So the next guy on this list is on the other side of the ball, and that is a tight end. And the tight end is Jack Doyle from the Indianapolis Colts. Now the Colts have the fifth worst record in the NFL, but one guy on that team that has proven to be a bright spot is their free agent acquisition, Eric Ebron. Ebron has recorded more touchdown passes halfway through this season than he ever has in any season when he was in Detroit. 
So with another bad season looming and the emergence of Ebron, I think their tight end too, Jack Doyle, just might be free to pick up. Now Doyle's been injured for part of the season, but might make a return this week for the Colts. So he is healthy and will be ready to go. Now the Chargers lost Hunter Henry, and they haven't gotten anything from Virgil Green or Antonio Gates. Jack Doyle is a good blocking tight end and is a fringe starting tight end in the NFL, but he's probably more suited to be a high-end tight end too. And getting Doyle would give the Chargers a true receiving weapon this year, also a threat in the red zone. Jack Doyle only has one year left on his deal. So going into 2019, you have Hunter Henry as your starter. You have Jack Doyle in for your two tight end sets when Chargers run 12 or 22 personnel. Then you get Virgil Green, the third tight end spot, coming in mostly for blocking downs or whatever you like. So for Jack Doyle, he's a mid-level tight end. He'd help the Chargers this year, but he's not a long-term option. And he's probably not worth a lot in a trade. You could probably get away with parting with a sixth-round pick, maybe even a seventh, if you threw it out there. But the Colts aren't looking to hold on to Jack Doyle. Chargers aren't looking to sign him long-term. Colts could probably use some extra picks because they're rebuilding. So it might be a match. And it would be a pretty good option this year in 2018 to kind of upgrade the offense, especially at the tight end position because it has not been good at all. And in 2019, it would be kind of fun to see Hunter Henry and Jack Doyle as the two tight end sets. Now, getting a little bit more exciting because, you know, Jack Doyle isn't a lot of fun. I think it's kind of fun to see Hunter Henry and Jack Doyle side by side, but, you know, that's not bringing a lot of cachet. Nobody's really getting excited about Jack Doyle, but I think it would upgrade the offense. But this is exciting. The next guy on my list is the Jacksonville Jaguars free safety Tayshawn Gibson. So the Jaguars run a three-man rotation much like the Patriots. They've got Gibson, Barry Church, and they got their new rookie Ronnie Harrison. This is a Jaguars team that is going down fast after benching Blake Bortles last week. And the Jags cap going into 2019 is negative $3 million. So they have got to make some room before next season. And they got to get some of these guys off the books. And getting picks back is better than the alternative, which is outright cutting them in the offseason. Tayshawn Gibson is one of those guys that's been mentioned as one of the players who are willing to move. I've been a fan of Gibson, much like Harmon, for a while. And though you might think I'm being a homer, he's been playing really good this year. Maybe some of his best football. Pro Football Focus has him ranked as the 7th best free safety in the league this year. And he's been really getting his hands on some footballs this season. This has been the Chargers' biggest weakness this season. I mentioned it with Deron Harmon. If they had an average free safety, they would be a much better defense. So imagine what they would be with a top 10 free safety and how that would help the back end. Gibson is in his third year of his five-year deal, and he's owed $8 million the next two years, and he's 28. Now, if that's too rich and Telesco wants to pull the plug, it'll cost him $1.6 million in 2019 and 800000 in 2020. So that's an easy move to make if it doesn't work out. Or maybe you use that to restructure his deal. But even though it's a commitment with $8 million over the next two years, if you want to get out of those contracts, you can save a lot of money and it won't cost you a lot to get rid of them. So really, to me, that's a win-win. Now, Tayshawn Gibson is talented. And the Jags, again, need to unload some of their assets. But I don't think it's like a Giants or Raiders type fire sale where they're just giving it away. I think a fifth-round pick would actually be a pretty good price for a player of Gibson's caliber. And plus, the odds of hitting on a player that would make a bigger impact than Tayshawn Gibson in the fifth round are pretty slim. Now, I know Tom Telesco and the Chargers have a pretty good track record with fifth-round picks, 
But still, man, if you've got a chance at Tayshawn Gibson and it's only going to cost you a fifth-round pick, you got to go for it. And this is probably the best free safety option you have in the trade market. All the rest of them are pretty young and from contending teams, so I don't think they're willing to do it. But with the cap situation the Jaguars are currently in, they got to make some moves soon. So since this team is starting to tank for them and Blake Bortles is being benched and they've lost a couple in a row, they seem to be falling back in that division already, they might need to start wheeling and dealing. And because of that, and the last guy on the list, and the fifth trade for this podcast is another Jaguar, and it's defensive tackle Marcel Darius. So right before I got on this podcast, the number one option for me was going to be defensive tackle Damon Snacks Harrison. And he was traded to the Lions for a fifth-round pick. So let's go big. Let's go for Marcel Darius. And for the reasons I already talked about with Tayshawn Gibson and the Jags' upcoming cap situation, this is another guy they've talked about unloading. Why not go for it? Now, Marcel Darius might be the most outlandish, probably the least realistic, because they've got to clear like $8 million to make room for Darius, and it's a long shot. But a guy that's definitely open for trade, and if the Chargers really wanted to do it, they could do it. But if you can clear $7 million by trading Travis Benjamin to the 49ers or the Saints or somebody, then you got a little bit more room. You're talking about 9.5. Darius is owed 10.1. Maybe move a little money around and still make it work. So even though it's probably not likely, there is a remote possibility that they could trade for Marcel Darius. So it's not impossible, but probably the least likely of the players on this list. They could try to talk to Darius about lowering his cap number, maybe spreading out his contract, but he doesn't really have any motivation to do that. So he probably won't. And again, it's a long shot. But it's still fun, and we're talking about hypotheticals. If Darius is on the market and he's available, the Chargers need a run-stuffing defensive tackle, why not throw him in here? Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or... I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Because Darius is another elite run-defending defensive tackle, and it's a spot that could definitely use an upgrade. Now, Darius isn't the man he was in Buffalo in 2014 where he racked up 10 sacks, but what he continues to do in the NFL is be one of the best run-stuffing tackles. He's great as the best run defender not named Snacks. He is 28, and he does have a hefty contract attached to him, and Darius is owed $56 million over the next four years, but this offseason, Marcel Darius does have an out in his contract, meaning the Chargers can either pick up the option, which would be not great, or they can threaten to not pick it up. So the Chargers would have a bargaining chip knowing that he's not the same player that signed that six-year, $96 million contract, and he's approaching 29. And if we're to assume that Brandon Meebane and Corey Legit will not be back with the Chargers going in 2019, adding Marcel Darius with your youngsters Darius Phylon and the rookie Justin Jones upgrades that group. 
Adding Darius would add some beef in the middle of the line where the Chargers have been lacking for years. But the downside is if they made that trade and they opted out and Darius decided to become a free agent and didn't want to restructure his deal, it would essentially become a one-year rental. But if history indicates how these negotiations would go, you'd assume Telesco would have it all worked out. Say what you will about Tom Telesco, but when he gets guys in that building, he does not let them leave and he keeps all the internal free agents he wants. Look at all the guys that he got in free agency when you track back to Brandon Flowers and Joe Barksdale and Trey Boston and then signing guys early like Keenan Allen and Casey Hayward. If he wants you, Tom Telesco usually gets you. So you'd hope Tom Telesco and Marcel Darius would be able to strike up some kind of deal. But if Damon Harrison got a fifth-round pick and he has about half the money attached to his deal, I think the Jags will have to sell low with Marcel Darius because I don't know how they're going to be able to eat that contract in 2019. I'd say a sixth-round pick for Marcel Darius would probably get it done, especially with a contract you know they're trying to offload. Sixth-round pick, Marcel Darius, work out some kind of contract, even if it is a one-year rental, and the Chargers are trying to make a playoff run, and you bolster that run defense, seems like it might be worth it. I think it's worth the gamble. So, some guys you'd like to trade for. Free safety, obviously. Tayshawn Gibson, Jerron Harmon. Beef up the run defense, Marcel Darius. Get a tight end to take over Hunter Henry's spot for 2018 and Jack Doyle. Obviously, you can't do all four of those. Those are some very intriguing names. And of course, above all, trade Travis Benjamin already. And that's going to do it for the Score More podcast. There's no game this week, but make sure you follow the Twitter account at ScoreMorePod. And the tagline doesn't work this week, but you know we got to do it. Let's just hope Chargers score more on Sunday. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.